Come on. Over the course of my life, there have been things, a lot of things, that I intellectually understood but didn't do. When I was younger, I knew that staying out late and drinking too much was bad for me, but I still did it. During that time, I also knew that I probably should have a budget, keep a close eye on my finances and cash flow, be a good steward of my money, but I didn't do those things either. To this day, I intellectually know that I should learn from the mistakes of others instead of making them myself, but I still insist on personal experience for a lot of things. The gap between knowing and doing has been consistently closing for me as I've gotten older, but I have a feeling it's always going to be there in some form, and that's okay because I'm aware of it. For me, behavioral finance is all about becoming aware of that gap as it relates to our money. So awareness is the first step in closing it. A technical definition of behavioral finance comes from Kaplan and it tells us that behavioral finance is the study of the effects of psychology on investors and financial markets. It focuses on explaining why investors often appear to lack self-control, act against their own best interest, and make decisions based on personal biases instead of facts. Thing is that our brains are awesome tools and for the most part, they benefit us greatly, but they're not necessarily serving us when it comes to our finances and money. Having a better understanding of behavioral finance and how it applies in your life will help you to get better at money, which will result in a better and richer life in general. If we lived in an ideal world, there'd be ideal scenarios, but we don't, so there aren't any. Same is true for our finances. We don't live inside of a spreadsheet, so our finances are never going to play out perfectly, and that's okay. We need to know ourselves and our brains so we can do a better job of getting to where we want to go. We need to be as real as possible and not try to sugarcoat things. Here's the reality is that we've all made mistakes and we'll make more of them in the future. As we become more aware of them and our motivations behind them, we become more likely to avoid those mistakes. To do this, we need to understand how our brains are operating. Remember that PSA? This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? That was from 1987. It was an anti-drug commercial. If you don't remember it, do yourself a favor, check it out on YouTube. Our brains are amazing. They've kept humanity going for 6 million years, but again, they're not awesome at money. What percentage of your financial decisions do you make emotionally? Think about it. Nobel Prize winning economist and psychologist Danny Kahneman figured out that it's around 90%. You think about that, 90%. I was taken aback the first time I heard it. I thought there's no way, there's no way that I make 90% of my money decisions emotionally. But then I thought about it. The more I thought about it, the more I started believing it. Once you start to pay attention to how you think about and make money decisions, you'll be able to bring that percentage down from 90. You'll be able to start making more of your financial decisions based on logic and reason versus emotion. And that's really what we want. Here's another interesting fact. Part of our brain that handles our finances, that's the same part that handles mortal danger. So the feelings and responses we get when we smell smoke are the same that we get when we check our 401k balance and we see it's gone down by 20%, our brains tell us to run. 
In terms of escaping a burning building, the response is really helpful, but when it comes to managing our investments, not so much. You see, I intellectually understand that I'm supposed to buy low and sell high. My brain wants me to do the opposite. When I see my investments have gone down, it tells me to sell. Conversely, when it sees an investment at an all-time high, it's like buy, 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 buy. Our brains want us to avoid pain and seek pleasure. This is often the opposite of successful financial behavior. Now, we've all got biases and blind spots. And becoming aware of and spotting them, that's when we're going to be able to start overcoming them. Here are the most common biases and how they show up. One of the top ones is called self-attribution bias. It says that our egos love taking credit when things go right and then redirecting blame when they go wrong. We also tend to believe that we're way better at things than we actually are, like driving, for example. Confirmation bias is something that we do all the time. In the context of finance, we seek information to confirm our existing beliefs or hypothesis. Something called representation bias. We make this mistake by comparing one investment to another we consider to be similar, but could have different facts altogether. Framing bias is when we make poor decisions based on how something is presented instead of judging it just based on its merits. Anchoring bias is when we put too much faith on the first piece of information that we receive, instead of looking at new information objectively, we allow it to be influenced by that first piece of information. Loss aversion tells us that the pain of loss is twice as powerful as the, the, the happiness we get from gain. It's fear that causes investors to hold on to bad investments for too long. Financial success is available to everyone, but it's found by too few. I believe there's a three-step process that needs to be followed. Number one is you have to define success. If you don't know what success looks like, how will you know if you ever have it? To figure this out, it's imperative to get clear on your values and your goals. From there, you need to put a plan together. You need to know where you want to go. Now it's time to create a plan for getting there. So now I want to go, put a plan together. Step number three is executing that plan. Then when we're doing that, we just need to complete the required steps in that plan. I'm really oversimplifying things, but it's one of those things that sounds easy, but does hard. Now, there are a lot of things standing in our way. We talked about the challenges presented by our brains. Then there's our egos and our appetites. We absolutely need to address those. We hope to execute our plans. A very famous Stanford marshmallow experiment in 1972 documented the challenges of delayed gratification. In the experiment, researchers gave kids a marshmallow which they could eat right away or wait and get more marshmallows. The kids who were able to wait and delay gratification ended up being more successful over the course of their lives. And so it goes for you and me. To create a better future for ourselves, sacrifices must be made today. We must choose to delay some pleasure and gratification to a later date. This is true for every aspect of our lives, from eating to exercise and money. Are you willing to control or deny some of your appetites and impulses? Or will you be the kid who just eats the marshmallow right away? Financial stability and success have requirements. They require not only knowing what to do and how to do it, they also require making tough decisions on a daily basis. Financial success requires paying attention to your thinking and your behavior around money. It requires being aware of things like behavioral finance and all of our biases. It's hard to develop new habits, 
but easier to keep them going. Like all muscles, as you exercise it, it gets stronger. Let us know how we can better support you on your path to wealth. I hope you enjoyed this really brief but impactful conversation about behavioral finance.